0: So today, we're going to begin a brand new series of talk. We're going to go on an eight-week journey through the Beatitudes, and I want to title this series, Freedom Road, because the reality is we are all recovering from something. Ain't that the truth, y'all? You're either coming out of something, going through something, or about to get into something. The way life's set up. That's the way it goes. So I believe this is a universal talk. I believe it's going it's to help anyone. That's why on your way in today, we gave you these cards. And I want you to get a hold of those cards right now because we do everything through prayer first. We've been praying over these cards already, but I want us to pray together right now that these cards are going to be a bridge between you and a person who needs to come find healing. I want you to pray over these cards right now. I don't want you to just hand them out just, just by handing them out. I want you to pray and ask God that these cards have someone's name on it, someone at your work, someone in your gym, someone maybe that, that, that you see at the market. I don't know. God has funny ways of connecting us with people. And here's what I find. The more you pray, the more coincidence happens. So I want us to pray right now that these cards are going to be anointed, and it's going to be a touching point to bridge the gap between God and another human being because it would be a shame for me to find healing and not bring it to other people. So let's pray right now. Father, I'm just praying right now in Jesus' name with my friends. We're agreeing. The power of agreement is powerful that these cards are anointed, Lord, and you're going to use them, Lord, to bridge the gap between you and another human being who is going through something in life. Father, this is a universal longing where we all want healing. We all want breakthrough. We, want what, we all want a better life. So Holy Spirit... Orchestrate these divine appointments and help us sit back and relax and let you lead the way. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. And I pray that next Sunday, we're going to see some people in church because God have activated faith in you. And I want to tell you right now the, the goal of this series for the next eight weeks. My prayer for us is that for the next eight weeks, we're going to deal with with some of the things that's been holding us back. We're going to deal with three specific things. Past hurts, hang-ups, and addictions. These are the things, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will come, and and if you're paying attention, here's what I believe. If you're paying attention, the Holy Spirit will will customize the word for you. Exactly where you are. And we're all in recovery. Can you say Amen. And we're going to use the greatest message ever preached. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives us what we call the Beatitudes. And during the week, if you download our church app, there's daily devotions, daily sauce we call them, that's going to tie in with the message all week long. So I encourage you, download the church app and follow all week long. Because you cannot wait till next Sunday to feed your soul. Can you say Amen. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to camp here for the next eight weeks and break down each one of these Beatitudes beginning today with the first one. Go ahead and put up the big Bible behind me because we like big Bibles and we cannot lie. (laughs) And we're going to read this together. Matthew 5 says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds... He went up on a mountainside and sat down. In that culture, the teacher would sit down and the listeners would stand. Want to try it? <laughs> Y'all like, ah, Pastor, I mean, the way my faith set up. I... <laughs> His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, Bless are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is where we're going to camp today. And friends, you know we have a deal here. If we're going to clap, we do it together. So let's just, let's just go ahead. Let's just do it together. <laughs> friends don't let friends clap alone. It's, it's messed up. What we read here is the beginning of the greatest sermon ever preached, called the Sermon on the Mount. For three chapters, Jesus expounds what he means to be a kingdom person, what he means to be a believer. And if you're serious about following Jesus, I highly recommend you go home and spend time reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and come back to it all week long. Because the word of God takes root in you when you let it sit with you. This is just the introduction of the greatest sermon ever preached, that Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to be my followers, if you want to be a a person that is identified with me, this is my declaration of my kingdom. This is what my kingdom is all about. It's how to live as followers of Jesus. Summarized in three chapters. If you're ever wondering, how do I live as a follower of Jesus? This is it. This is the Beatitudes. It starts with the Beatitudes because it's about being a certain type of people. Matter of fact, this is what the Beatitudes means. Go ahead and put up the first scripture. It's the Beatitudes for believers. As a believer, this is who I am when I say I'm a follower of Jesus, right? The the character traits of a believer. In other words, it doesn't matter what you say, are you being who Jesus says you are? The Beatitudes of followers of Jesus The word blessed simply means happy, content, fulfilled. In a way, Jesus is saying, you're happy if you have these character traits. You're happy if this is who you are in me. You are content, you are fulfilled, you are satisfied when you understand who you are in me, not what you do. Because who you are determines what you do. Not the other way around can you say Amen. And it starts, my friends, with pour in spirit. It's the first be attitude of a believer. This is the foundation to everything else that a believer is to be and do in this life. In other words, everyone can start here. When you start a house, you start with the cornerstone, and then you lay the foundation. Jesus says, I'm the cornerstone, and upon me, you're going to lay down your life. Jesus compares building a house with building the right life. Amen. Amen. He says, you start here. This is your foundation. Pour in spirit. The greatest preacher that ever lived, Charles Spurgeon, puts it this way. He says, it's not what I have, but what I have not is the first point of contact between my soul and God. Being poor in spirit translates to the fact that I have zero spiritual assets. Better yet, I am spiritual bankrupt without God. We, we, we hesitate to, to clap because we, we, we want to believe that, that we, we, we're not bankrupt. We, we want to believe that we can bring something to the table. We want to believe that we contribute something to this thing. Uh, we want to believe that, that our little offering is, 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 is something to God and God's like, oh, that, that's cute. Like, like your little offerings to God is like when your two-year-old draws you a picture and says, Dad, looks just like you. And you put it on the fridge, not because it looks cute, but because that's your kid. That's how God feels about your little offering. You're like, oh, that's pretty cute. Put it over here. Because we have a tendency to think that we're better than we are. See, my friends, a poor person in spirit is reduced to something we don't want to be reduced to. We're reduced to being a beggar. And no one wants to beg. We're way too proud to beg for anything. It takes a ton of humility to beg. It takes a ton of vulnerability to say, I need help. I was thinking about this, you know, in our city where you can't escape walking into someone begging. And and we all reserve our judgments for why they're begging, but I want you to consider this for a second. What did it take that first time to get to that place in life, to stand on a street corner with a sign saying help? I'm hungry. Think about that for a second. What does it take psychologically, mentally, spiritually, physically, to get you to a place of vulnerability, to stand on a street corner with the sign saying, please help me? Because we, we jump to the, to the conclusions of this is a, this is a bum, this, this guy, is, he's up to no good, all of that. But man, I think it takes a lot of humility To step up and say, Help me. In the same way, what Jesus is saying is it's going to take a lot of humility to get to a place that we all say, I need God. I am poor in spirit. Help me, God. I can't do this on my own. Problem is, we, we, we're so bent on doing it on our own that we have to exhaust all options to get to this place. Yeah. And some of us, if you're paying attention, God has got you on a journey to bankruptcy so you can realize the only riches you will find is in Him. Yeah. This is why, my friends, I hate to say this, say it with with a heavy heart. The reason why most people will not see breakthrough in their lives is because they're too proud to ask. They're too proud to beg. They're too proud to admit that they need help. What's crazy is that we're so proud and we'd rather hold on to our hurts. We'd rather hold on to our hang-ups. And worse, we'd rather hold on to our addictions than to say, I need help. Worst is, we have bought into this illusion that we can fix ourselves. And we believe this, that all I need is one thing to go my way, and then I'm going to be good. All I need is for the stimulus check to hit the bank. And then it does. Oh, all I need is for the right man to walk into my life. And then he does. That wasn't it, God. Have you ever wanted something bad so bad that you went and got it, and then you sold it at a yard sale? People selling boyfriends at yard sale? You can have five dollars, yours. To the left, to the left. And they would make excuses. He cockeyed anyways. He was cockeyed already. You just wasn't poor in spirit to realize all along. He was. All I need is a promotion, and you get the promotion. All I need is a new car. You get the car, and then the car smell goes away. Because we're too proud to admit I'm poor in spirit. I could have a great financial bank statement, but my soul could still be poor in spirit. And I could have zero money in the bank and still be poor in spirit. (laughs) Let's just not get it twisted. My friends... Our society has told us we can pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. We love those stories, right? Started from the bottom, now we're here. (laughs) Problem is, what is here? No one ever talks about that. No one ever talks about the fact that, yeah, you, you want it, but then what? What happened after that? No one tells you the story after the happily ever after of sleepless nights of staring at the ceiling going, there's got to be more. No one tells that story because it's, it, it's not a cute story to tell. This is why Jesus is starting with the greatest reality is you got to realize that you're poor in spirit. Because here's the thing, poverty of spirit cannot be forced. Please catch this. The more someone tries to convince you that you're poor in spirit, the more you stiff-arm them. Poverty of spirit comes through revelation. In other words, the Holy Spirit has to be in the picture to reveal it to you that I need help, I need God. And and my job is to recognize it and receive it. It's to not pretend. It's to put on a front that I have it all figured out. Listen, this is not self-hate. We're not talking about try really hard. Have you noticed the harder you try, the harder it becomes? This is not that talk. Be a better person. Well, who doesn't want to be a better person? This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit who says, you can't do this on your own. You don't have what it takes. You need help. You know, the pandemic jacked us all up in different ways. I think we're going to see the repercussions of this pandemic probably like a few more years down the line. But one of the things he did is, I don't know about you, but it it, it changed my morning routines. You know the morning routines before you leave the house? I don't know about you, but I do the keys, wallet, phone. Like, I got to do it a few times because I'm absent-minded. Keys, wallet, phone. I've done that and still walked away with one of them, without one of them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you, you've you done it. It's like, it's like the, the ghost, the phantom. You think it's there? Have you ever felt like your phone is vibrating but you didn't have a phone on you? <laughs> but with the pandemic, it, it, it jacked me up because it was, it was keys, wallet, phone, mask. don't know about you but did you during the pandemic did you walk into a place and everybody looked at you like you had a disease like I walked into some places people looked at me weird I'm like oh my god oh I'm naked Ah, I gotta go back in the car and scramble and try to find where is my mask see my problem with the mask it, it wasn't physical because I believe that, yeah, we're in the pandemic. We should help each other and try, to, and try to get away from this thing as much as possible and not project it to other people. My problem with the, with the mask is that it, it, it was spiritual. My problem with the mask is that it, it, it doubled down on our tendency to hide. My problem with the mask is after a while, it became a blanket. My problem with the mask is it gave me more reason to isolate. My problem with the mask is now it became another default mode that I can go to when I don't want to deal with you and I don't want to deal with things. The problem with the mask wasn't physical, it was spiritual, because from the beginning, we've struggled with hiding. First question that God asked humanity is, where are you? After Genesis 3, after we decided to try to be God and we jacked it up, first thing we did is we went into hiding and we put on the first mask. We put on fig leaves. You don't know how deep that is. There's so many of us are walking around with fig leaves talking about I'm good, but God's like, no, where are you really? Where are you really? Where are you really? The purpose of this journey is to remove masks, is not to put on more masks. That's the struggle. I'm not talking about physical. Please, yeah, protect yourself. But what is the deeper understanding of masks? See, my struggle with masks is that our entire lives we're told not to hide. We're told not to be fake. We were told to come out of hiding, to be our true selves. And the problem is, the more we decide to do lives on our own, the more we're hiding instead of being free. Instead of being who God created us to be. See, let's be real today in church. We struggle with showing our true selves. See, the Bible says we were created naked and unashamed. It's deeper than physical. He was saying you're created free. You were created to be vulnerable. You are created to be exposed because in exposing, you get healing. Amen. But after Genesis 3, we saw fig leaves on and we became guarded and ashamed. We don't say it out loud, but we don't feel right about ourselves because we struggle with our true selves. God forbid, do not show your true self. Do everything you can to hide the real you. No matter what, don't do it, don't show it. Run as much as possible, cover as much as possible. My friends, here's the sad reality about humanity we have become experts in pretending. Man, we're so good at it. Some of us have PhDs in pretending, we have all the wrong degrees. When it comes to owning things and getting better, we're so good at it. Someone says, how are you? I'm good. good. Quick on the trigger. And if someone doubles down and says, no, but how are you really? It, it does something to us. Yeah. Like you, you, you're, try, you're trying to expose me. <laughs> and then the worst is we do it in church. How are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. You said that, but there's a tear coming down your eye. Are you really good? Or are you just put it on Christian knees to pretend that you're good? No matter what you do, don't really show them. Some of us, someone will say, "Are right, you good?" Don't you put anything on me? Don't you dare expose that I'm hurting? I'm struggling some of us, were so conditioned to it, we will ask the question, not even wait for an answer. God forbid someone starts to unload, you're like, oh my God, I didn't really mean it. <laughs> it's just trying to be courteous. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in this church this morning. You can hide in church. You can hide in church. You can hide behind ministry. You can be busy for the Lord and be hurting. You can hide behind preaching. You can hide behind kids' ministry. You can hide behind a camera. You can hide on a prayer team. But you're hurting. You're struggling. I come to declare today that blessed are the poor in spirit for they will see God. Here is the kingdom of God. So let's get to work, my friends. First step to freedom is to admit that you are not God. See, most people don't realize that our greatest sin was that. They, Adam and Eve decided we want to be God. Everybody's thinking about the other stuff. Please hear me. This is, this is a deep word. Every sin that you think you're committing starts with the fact that you think you're God. <sighs> yeah, I bet. Every addiction stems out of something that you thought you can control. Everything you're struggling with right now starts with the fact that you decided, I want my independence from God. Trace back, I don't care what it is, drugs, alcohol, sleeping around, codependency, divorce, whatever it is, it starts with the fact that you decided at one point in your life, I'm going to be God. You don't say those words, but your actions say it. I want to live independently from God. And God says, until you're poor in spirit, you're not going to see my will. Someone said, greatest revelation in my life is that there is a God and I'm not him. My friends, the point is clear. Jesus is making it clear. First thing after that, we are poor without God. For going to recover from anything, anything, I don't care what it is, it starts here by confessing I need for God to intervene. I love the way the message translation puts this scripture, poor in spirit. The message puts it this way. It's a paraphrase. It says, you're blessed, you're happy, content, fulfilled when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. Your real life begins when you've exhausted all the other options and you've confessed your need for God. Please hear me. Going to church does not mean you're poor in spirit. Because some of us, your idolatry is religion. You do religious things, but your heart is not in it. You don't pray to get God, you pray to get your will. You don't worship God, you worship your feelings. You don't give because it's a principle, you give because you're trying to get something. You don't read your Bible because you're trying to get to God, you read your Bible because you're trying to keep up with points in heaven. You don't serve because it's a joy to serve. You serve because you feel obligated to. That's religion. It's going through the motions. You see, you have to understand that until you exhaust all the other options and realize you're poor in spirit, you won't see the domino effect. Pay attention how we started. It's a domino effect. Let me, let me, let me translate this for you. The, 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 the great commentary, David Guzik says, says listen, no one mourns until they are poor in spirit. Because mourning is the next thing. No one is meek towards others until he has a humble view of himself. You will always be judgmental towards the one with the card until you get to the place you realize, I'm the one with the card. If you don't sense your own need and poverty, you will never hunger and thirst after righteousness. And if you have too high a view of yourself, you will find it difficult to be merciful to others. See, here's the struggle with pride. Please catch this deep. Pride manifests itself in two ways. You feel either superior or you feel inferior. Depending on your personality and traits, some of y'all, you feel superior to others. And some of y'all feel inferior to everybody. And neither one is God's will for you. God's will for you is for you to be poor in spirit so that you can receive everything that he has for you. Struggling to try to paint this picture for us. Why do we struggle so much with being poor in spirit? Because we're prideful. but our pride manifests in different ways. Some of us we're loudly prideful, and some of us are quietly prideful. We're fearful of what could happen. What happens if I step out and show that I'm naked? And we hate, and I mean hate, I'm using the word hate. Yes. We hate being exposed. Yeah. We will do anything to not be exposed. Have you ever done life with someone who was always well put together? And it was like this really nice lady in your, in next to your cubicle. You know, she does everything by the books. And one day, the books were off and she was exposed and she lost her mind. Chucky came out of her. And you're like, what happened to you, Susan? Susan got exposed. Oh, we're all good and tidy until we get exposed. And the real us comes out because we don't want to be exposed, but we don't realize that it's through being exposed that we find healing. See, I equated with, I don't know about you, but for the longest time, I struggled going to the dentist. There was nothing more intimidating for me than going to the dentist. I was struggling. But I was like, man, that's, man, I feel so exposed. You ever been there? You see that chair, you have to open your mouth. Really why? And this person, he or she, can see all your imperfections in your mouth. Down to your soul. <laughs> and who has made me nervous, I would sit there, open my mouth wide, and I just want to confess all my sins to this person. I don't want to say to this person, I'm so sorry I haven't been flushing. I, <laughs> listen, starting today, I promise I'm going to keep a two minute timer and brush my teeth for two whole minutes. I feel vulnerable when I'm exposed. Mouth wide open. Can see all my imperfections staring into my soul. But what's amazing is after a while, I started looking forward to going to the dentist because I started to feel, hmm, I feel clean and I feel holy and I feel. I feel righteous. I started going in and saying, how am I doing, doc? She's like, you're doing amazing. Is your sticker. Bam. I'm like, I am. I'm like, going home and high five my wife. I'm looking, I'm doing amazing. My dentist said so. Why? Because the more you expose yourself, the more freedom comes, the more healing comes, the more restoration comes. So yeah, God, here I am. Expose me and heal me. Because God would only expose you to heal you, never to condemn you, never to hurt you. Where are you? It was the first question he asked humanity. Because you can't overcome what you don't first expose. You think God didn't know where they were? No, God's like, take ownership and come my way and watch me bring healing and restoration to your life, can you say amen? Amen. Healing, my friends, please write this down, comes when we come out of denial. No No exposure, no healing. It only comes when you expose something because you can't heal that which is covered. Let me give you an example from scriptures. King David, a man after God's own heart, King David's struggle with being exposed. And he said this about his struggle of exposure. He says this in Psalm 32. He said, look, watch this. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. You ever been there? It's not physical pain. No, it's the emotional and spiritual that's affecting the physical. Some of y'all don't realize some of the pains you're feeling physically, it's not the problem is physical, it's spiritual. No, 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 no. let me me get real with you. Some of y'all are getting headaches. You don't realize the headache is trying to point to something deeper. Some of y'all are like, man, why do I always feel like throwing up? Maybe there's something you haven't thrown up. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. You ever been there? Your soul feels parched, sapped. Because you're holding on to things you're not supposed to. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. And I did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. See, we, we struggle with the word confession because we grew up in the northeast. And we all come from that. Most of us come from the background of sitting in a box and, and, and say a bunch of stuff. That's not what the Bible talks about. There is power in confessing things that doesn't belong to you. There's power in confessing past hurts. There's power in confessing abuse. There's power in confessing addiction. There's power in confessing that I'm not enough unless he comes. I need healing. I need restoration. There's power in my affirmations. Confession was not meant to be this weird thing that you do and then go say a bunch of prayers on the side. No, it's a spiritual discipline. Don't carry what doesn't belong to you. Don't carry unnecessary burdens, battles, and struggles that the Lord died to set you free from. See, this is why the Bible says, where are you? See, God is trying to say, hey, if you own it, I'll meet you there. Where are you today? Our response should be one of confession. Lord, here I am, broken, hurting, angry. Frustrated, addicted, bitter, resentful, whatever. Here I am, God. Take me as I am, but please don't leave me as I am. I want you to mold me and shape me in your image and likeness. This is why the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Please hear me on this. All your desires in the world will not change you. Because that's the other philosophy right now. If you try really hard, and you do try really hard, and then you go, what's the point? Can we have an honest moment in the church when you keep hitting the same roadblock year after year? You have New Year's resolutions, but they last three weeks. And you get to the place, you're like, what's the point? Why even try? Why even bother? See, we have to get to the place you realize we, don't, we simply don't have what it takes on our own. This is why Jesus is, starts with bless other poor in spirit. It's the foundation to everything else. We need power, my friends. One of the greatest meetings you could ever go to is an AA meeting. see, most people don't realize that AA was birthed by these very principles we just read today. It was birthed by kingdom principle people who said, if we abide by the word and we begin to confess and release and take a hold of everything that God has for us, there's no addiction in hell that can stop us from living a free life. You see... See, two powerful things about AA. Number one is, if you don't expose it, you won't be healed. That's why they start with, my name is, and I am. And they say, you won't overcome until you tap into your higher power. My friends, don't get it twisted. The whole thing started with, you don't overcome if you don't tap into the only higher power. His name is Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith faith. It has a name. The higher power came in flesh and blood to give his life for you so that you may be set free and delivered from everything that is holding you back. He said, i rather die than to live without you. i rather die than to see you bound in addiction and things that are holding you back. I came to declare today, you have a higher power and his name is Jesus Christ. And if you believe in his power, make some noise in this place. See, this is where where the struggle is. This is where the struggle is. The problem is a lot of us know that, but we know it by head knowledge, not by experience. This is why a lot of us are still hung up, strung out, broken, hurting. Why? Because you have a head knowledge of the higher power, but you don't have an experience of it. Some of you guys, you know Jesus the way I know Brady. Brady. I know a lot of statistics about Brady, but I don't know the man. I've never hung out with him. I've never broke bread with him. I've never fellowship with him. My friends, you gotta go from statistics to relationship so you can actually know that this Jesus is real and he's powerful. He will break bread with you. He's not ashamed of you. He's He's not shunning you. He's welcoming you and he's saying, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. I am sad to say most people are churchgoers. Instead of knowing Jesus for who he really is. Allow me to share a few scriptures about who this Jesus is. And I pray today maybe the Holy Spirit can, can connect the dots for you. Not just in your head, but in your spirit. Let me give you a few scriptures. John chapter 1, watch this. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. We're not talking about a cute guru, religious teacher, we're talking about God in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And it says that through him all things were created. Think about that, right? If all things were created through Jesus, that means you were created through him, but the key is, are you living in him or are you living apart from him? See, this is where the power comes in, my friends. I told you, you don't leave your house without your keys, wallet, and phone, but the thing is, if you don't charge this thing, it's useless. This thing needs to be connected to the source of power for it to do the things it's supposed to do. And if you're not connected to the source of power, guess what? You're just existing, but you're not living. You're just surviving, but you're not thriving. I'm looking for some people who don't want to just exist. I want to, I want to thrive. I want to overcome. I want to break addictions. I want to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to activate his power over my life and not just be a cute religious goer that goes home empty and void of his power. Sad to say but that's what happens to a lot of people they'll go near the power outlet but they don't connect they'll be in church but they never connected they're nice people but they can't overcome anything because there's no power to overcome let me tell you a little bit about this Jesus because he's God Philippians 2 tells you this about this Jesus watch this This is the higher power I'm talking about. One who says, hey, I'll submit myself so that you can find freedom. In other words, hey, I'm not just telling you to be poor in spirit, I'm showing you how to be poor in spirit by becoming a human being and humbling myself to the will of God. That's the higher power I'm talking about. Not some elusive pie in the sky, but a real God who came and became a real person Let me give you a couple more scriptures about this God because I pray you connect the dots. Watch this. Romans 8 says this, when you connect to the power, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in. He didn't say for those who go to church. For those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's the power that I'm talking about. And friends, please catch this. The purpose of scripture is not to have a cute Facebook page. The purpose of scripture is for you to activate faith in your life and get up every day and say, now, therefore, there is no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus. So anything that comes against me has to come through Christ. And so I come to submit my life to him daily so his power may live in me. Learn to confess the word over your life as opposed to confessing your feelings over your life. Most of us get up in the morning and we confess our feelings. We get up and go, ah, I'm so tired. You just told your whole body, we're tired. So don't be surprised when you get up in the morning your whole body goes, we're tired. Man, I'm so broken. Got it, we're broken. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm so addicted. Got it. We're addicted. You are what you confess. See, this is why I love praying out loud and. And worshiping out loud you may find it crazy but to me I want to confess things into the atmosphere I refuse to be a victim to what's trying to trap me I need to speak some things into existence I need to say that I am who God says I am I can do what God says I can do I'm about to have a great day in the Lord this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it I rejoice on a Monday I rejoice on a Tuesday I rejoice on Wednesday I rejoice on Thursday, Thursday why he is my living water I re- I rejoice on flashback Friday. Thank God I'm not who I used to be, but I'm on my way. I rejoice on Sabbath. I'll rest in him, and I'll come on Sunday to plug in again and see his will and purpose for my life. I refuse to live a victim mindset. Most people don't go to AA, but they go to VA. Victims Anonymous. Most people, that's what they do. They hang out with their friends and tell you how bad things are. My name is, I'm here to complain. I'm here to tell you how bad my week was. You have no idea, girl. I can trump that. Here we are feeding each other this function instead of feeding each other faith. I need to hang with some people. When I say holler, they say hallelujah. When I say let's go and we say where we're we going, I need some faith people around me who can see possibilities and stop complaining, stop whining, stop thinking about the past. Let's speak into the future. Let's speak into the present. Give me some people who can pray. Give me some people who can worship. Give me some people who can believe that if God before me, who can be against me. I don't want to go to church and purchase the ticket in and out. I come to church to experience the power and the goodness of God. I refuse to get up in the morning and go home the same way. I came to tap into the power of God. My God. Let me give you a couple more. Patriots don't play till four. Now we got time. Watch this, Matthew. Watch this, Jesus. I love Jesus. <laughs> he says, if you, then you are evil. <laughs> I love how he just smacks you in the face. He says, you are evil. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I don't know about you, my God, I am not too proud to beg. Hit me. You want me to lift my hands, I will lift my hands. You want me to run, I'll run. You want me to duck, I'll duck. You want me to crawl, I'll crawl. You want me to kneel, I'll kneel. Whatever it takes, God, I'm just not too proud to beg. Let me give you one more. Hebrews, let us then approach God. Throne of grace with what? Oh. Confidence! Not, you know, if it is, you will. <laughs> maybe, perhaps, perchance, give a miracle to spare. <laughs> like, some of our prayers are lame. I think demons laugh at your prayers. Say, like, where's the confidence? So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. My friends, bless other the poor in spirit. Come out of denial. Ask for help. And the last point today, worship team, you can come up. Is God said from the beginning. He says, first of all, where are you? Then he says, It's not good for you to be alone. Do you know the word Adam means humanity? It's not good for humanity to be alone. No man is an island. Healing comes through community. One of the saddest things the enemy did during COVID is isolate us. Right before I came to church today, I always go to a remote place to pray for you. I won't tell you where. Don't come. But I pray for you every, matter of fact, I have a routine. I start Friday and then Saturday and then Sunday morning. But I was praying today and I read an article that broke my heart. It said, since COVID, church attendance worldwide has gone really down. You know why it broke my heart? Because I'm like, who wins? Who wins when we're isolated? Who wins when we're hurting? The enemy does. He wants to isolate you so he can pick you off. You know what the worst thing about being a human? Living in your thoughts. All by yourself. Nothing good comes out of living in your thoughts by yourself. That's why he says it's not good for you to be alone. If we're going to find freedom, we need each other. We need community. Some of you, you just need a godly friend so you don't go through life alone. It is not good for you to be alone. Some of y'all watching from home, I'm telling you, listen, I love that we have technology, but man, there's something about being in a room. That's why we push you so much to get into a crew, because we don't want you to do life alone. God doesn't want you to do life alone. But the enemy will convince you that you're fine. No, you, you don't need anybody, you're good. In the meantime, he's wreaking havoc. He's lying to you, making you feel things that you wouldn't feel if you had other people to talk about it. So some of y'all, I believe this. You come to church, you're excited. You did did get a word, but it gets snatched away from you because you go right back into an environment that's not conducive for healing. You go back to people who are not activating faith. They're activated in fear. And you know what faith is? Faith is the evidence of things you you, you hope for. In other words, faith needs to be fanned. Faith needs to be activated. Faith needs to blow. And you need other people that can say, let me blow with you. Let me pray with you. Let me worship with you. Let me believe with you. So some of y'all, if you're serious about healing, you need to reconsider your support system. Listen, we're meant to reach people away from God. But your inner circle needs to be godly. There's a difference. So some of y'all today, that's your step. Reconsider your support system. Is it breathing life into you or is it sucking life out of you? Some of you, you need to pray, ask God for a mentor. We all need one. I got one. We all need it. In a, in a much serious step, some of the healing that needs to take in some of our lives is so deep that some of y'all need counseling. I'm a high believer in, 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 in tapping into every gift that God has given us to find healing and restoration. There's a, there's a wrong statement around asking for help, it's not from God, because God says it's not good for you to be alone. Some of you need to pray, God, help me connect with the right counselor because some of the stuff is is deep. I believe in it. I tell you, COVID has been so hard on all of us, including me. The pressure of leading a church to COVID drove me to reach out to a counselor. I hadn't been in counseling over 10 years, but I said, God, I need to go access help wherever I can get because I refuse to be here and allow the enemy to come and wreak havoc when he wants to. I'm gonna tap into everything you afforded me. Because I'll be honest with you, people don't realize it's a lot to lead a church, especially of this size, when you're getting criticized and people are bashing you, people are calling your kind of names. You're human, you hurt. There's only so much you can take as a human being. And thankfully, God made me wise enough to say, reach out. And I can tell you by the grace of God, I'm in a better, much better place today than I was a year ago. So let me end with a couple of scriptures about getting support. It's important. Ecclesiastes 2 are better than because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But watch this. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. That's sad. Do me a favor. Look around church. Who haven't you seen here in a while? Please reach out. Reach out because you don't know what they're going through. I- I- I'll say with this thing. I did it this week. I'll say, God, who... Who, who, who do you want me to reach out to? One text can go a long way. One text, right, John, can go a long way. One text, God knows oh, what you're you, you in and what's going on. Please, my friends, this journey is not just about me, myself, and I. It's about us. It's about us helping each other. My last scripture today is in James chapter 5. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Please, let's adopt this spiritual gift of confession, this healing, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Admitting that you need help doesn't make you weak. It makes you, listen, it makes you a candidate for a breakthrough in Jesus' name. Can you stand with me as we pray this morning? I am praying today, as we begin this eight-week journey, that we're going to truly tap into the power. I don't want you to be around the outlet. I want you to tap into it. Starting today. And I don't know what God's going to do. I'm not God. I just, I just want to believe that anything is possible. I believe today could be the beginning of healing and recovery. Some of y'all, I believe God is going to do something supernatural right now. And some of y'all, God's going to put you on the right road for what's to come. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm going to have faith and believe. That he's in the room and he's with us and is for us. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share it with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.